Welcome to the Creators with AI podcast. I'm your host, David, and this is a show where we share insights about the future of artificial intelligence and how it will affect the lives of people working in the creative industries. I've got a slightly different one for you today. Ever since I started the podcast, I've been keen to speak to young people about their views on AI and how they think it might affect them as they move through education and into work. So this is the first discussion on that theme. I know it's not strictly on the creatives theme, but what the youth are doing affects us all, particularly how we grow and manage our businesses. So I think it should be relevant for all of us. In this episode, I chat with young author Alex Liptrot. Alex is a freelance writer who lost all his business earlier this year due to the rise of large language models and tools like ChatGPT. We recorded this episode back in June, but I held on to it until school was back in session in the UK so Alex could get a bit more exposure in his personal network. But I have more of these planned, so make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss those when they come out later this year. In our relatively short conversation, we explore the impact of AI on freelance writing, discussing how AI chatbots have led to a decline in job opportunities and threatened to stifle human creativity. We discuss AI writing screenplays, which since has become a hugely topical, since that's the large part of the issues raised in the recent Screen Actors Guild strike. And we also talk about the consequences of AI on students' learning and social skills, questioning whether the increased use of AI in tools like Snapchat could lead to a loss of social skills in the younger generation. Links to Alex's book, Be Not Afraid, Thrones, which is the one he was working on when we recorded the show, and his social media profiles will be in the show notes as usual on our website at creativeswith.ai. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this youthful conversation with Alex. Hi, Alex. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. How are you doing today? Very good, thank you. I just passed my practical driving test, which I was quite happy about. Congratulations. That's a, uh, that's a, that's a big step, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I was, we, I've failed once before, and that was back at Gillingham. Now it's in Herne Bay, and it was quite nice because it was driving along the seafront. It wasn't too big a hassle. It was a big town area. Well, congratulations. Yeah, I uh... I still remember when I started driving, it was good fun to be able to finally have a little bit of independence and, and get out and sort of do things on my own. So awesome. Well, that's good. I've done a sort of an intro already at the beginning of the podcast with you know telling people a little bit about you. But the context of the conversation today is that I spoke to your mom and she, she mentioned that I might want to talk to you, A, because you're young and you're just sort of starting off on your career and that sort of thing. And it might be good to get your opinion of sort of AI and how that's going to influence your decisions over the next few years. But she also mentioned that you used to do some bespoke writing for people and things like that, like off of Fiverr or something. And so I thought it might be good if you just take a couple of minutes and explain to people what that was that you were doing so that they have some context for the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So in October of 2021, I I tried doing two things to make money, uh, one of which was uh, graphic design on Fiverr, which is like a, you sell your services. But I didn't get any clients for that because you kind of have to have reviews to get any clients initially. So I put another gig up, which is what the like the selling platform would be on Fiverr yeah. Uh, yeah. for like writing and writing f- or based on what people say to me. So say someone gives me a brief of like, I want the story to have these main three plots, uh, plots within the main storyline, then they then get me to fill in the gaps. Yeah. So it started off quite slow. So I'd say I got like two clients in the first couple of months, but 
once you get your first review, that's when people can kind of trust you more. And it picked up. So I was getting about 13 clients a month by last year, around December into this year in January. But then when we got to February, nothing particularly had changed except for the fact that chat GBT had started to properly come out. People started to use it more. Yeah. That's when my clients dropped from like 10, 13 a month to zero. And I have had one in the past three wow. months. Yeah. All the way to zero. All the way to zero. So it, t- it essentially wiped you out. Basically, yeah. And I assume it's because I'm only writing what the highest amount I've done is 10,000 words. But if you're not writing a novel, I feel like AI can quite easily replicate just following a basic narrative based on a couple points. And how much, if you don't mind me asking, how much did you charge for a story like that? So a thousand words I can do in an hour. So I charge $25 because Fiverr takes uh, 20%. So in reality, I get $22, which is then 19 pounds around that. So not, I wouldn't say I charge a lot compared to other writers who would charge like 50 for that. And that was for a thousand words or for the whole thing? That was for a thousand words. So every a thousand words, it was 25. Right. How did you get started doing that? I basically, from my English GCSE, I was doing relatively okay in creative writing. And every time we were given a brief, I managed to make it into like a, um, like a horror story. So it'd be like in the actual GCSE, the brief, or well, not the brief, the the prompt was um, write about a treasured memory. And I managed to do one about a monster who killed a lot of people and the treasured memory was escaping it. It was, it was more gruesome, but I don't know if I could say it on there. I'm, I'm sure your mom was pleased with that. <laughs> oh yeah, she was, I'm sure. I've not actually um, read it since I've done it. So I can't remember specifically what I wrote. Do you even, that's a good question. Do you even see like once you take your GCSEs, do you ever even see them again or are they just gone? I've not seen a single one of my GCSEs since I did them, apart from the grades. Right. I should probably say to if we've got people outside the UK, particularly people in America, GCSEs are essentially the same as your finals in high school in the way that the UK system works. So the way it works here is, again, compared to the US system, is the US you would go to year 12, which would be high school. So 9, 10, 11, and 12 would be high school. Here in the UK, you have you go to year 11, and then you essentially have these tests called GCSEs. They're like your finals. And then once you pass those, you can either go on to school or you can go do something else. But you go to what's called secondary school, and then you take another set of tests, and then you're off. But it's sort of like the equivalent to junior college, maybe before you go to university. So sorry about that. I just thought we do have people that listen in the US, and, and it... it it used to be very confusing for me when I came over here. I never could work it out half the time. I still don't understand what it is, but that's okay. Um, okay, cool. Sorry. Back on topic. And so, so how did you feel? Like, how did you feel about that? Like, what is, what is that sort of, I don't know. Well, yeah. What are, what are your feelings? Do you have mixed feelings about it or? To, towards the GCSEs or the fiber? No, no, no. Sorry. Just to, towards the. Well, towards kind of what happened, right? Because you had a nice little thing going on. You were, you know, you're you're getting a few hundred pounds a month from writing stories, which was probably, I assume, was enjoyable for you to do as well on doing it. And then all of a sudden you just get wiped out by 
you know, AI. And I guess I'm wondering, you know, what are your feelings about that? And then how, you know, what, what does it make you think about AI and in general? Well, I feel because AI affected me negatively, like reduced, because I didn't need to get like a job at like a, a pizza place because I was just writing, doing it at home. And because I can write relatively fast, I don't, I, a job that pays £10 an hour, I was doing in like two hours in one hour. And I didn't have to be like set to a specific a schedule, which I really hate. That's why I'm, that was why I was looking into freelance and I'm hoping to continue that in the future. But yeah, I mean, it might be a struggle with AI, considering that my job could then be done by a robot in a tenth, a fraction of the time. And this yeah. is coming from someone who isn't relying on the money as much. Like, But in the future, say I was relying on that as my main source of income, to then just suddenly not have a job is quite terrifying. Has it changed what you think about what you might do? Oh yeah, massively. Originally, I wanted to continue to do graphic design, like make logos, do branding. But I've been watching a load of videos of the people that I used to watch to like gave me guidance on how to do graphic design, and they're all now doing showing how AI can do it much better than uh, how I could do it or anyone could do it. So that's why I was like, okay, I don't think graphics is going to be very safe. So I then decided maybe game development would be a good idea. Because that involves the skill of writing and coming up with a new idea, which I don't think AI can do. Because we don't even know how to really come up with a new idea. It just kind of happens, I think. Yeah, yeah. Have you found this with your friends as well? Not as much. They, I think mostly because obviously in school, it's now just used for... I have a few friends who do computing. It They, you, they use ChatGPT to do homework for programming because... I don't see how you can check it. Whereas with English, you can kind of, you can tell when it's uh, chat GPT, I think. So they, they find it very positive. Yeah, it can do some, it can do some amazing things. Talking about checking it, uh, there's a lady who's going to come on the podcast later and she's a writing coach and she's had like, I don't know, 5,000 customers that she's had over the last few years. And it was really interesting that what she was saying to me was that some of the people who've taken her courses over, over the years have come back and they've said that customers of theirs have gone back and checked the content in, a, in an AI sort of checking tool to see if it's AI written. And they're coming back and they're saying, oh, we don't want to pay for this because it was written by AI. But it was stuff that she wrote before AI was even available. Like ChatGPT wasn't even available oh. on the market. This is stuff from like two years ago. And so it's falsely identifying that it was written using those tools. And so I wanted, you know, I found that really interesting. I, I just sort of saw her on LinkedIn and thought, wow, okay, that's opening up a whole nother sort of problem mm -hmm. that if you've actually got copywriters, because I think the thing is, is uh, people who are professional writers, copywriters, authors, those sorts of things, you guys have skills that to write better than most normal people can. And so your content is really dense. It's, it's written in a specific way, I think, because, because that's what you do, right? And because most people don't write like that, I think it gets picked up in those, in those tools because what they're looking for is really concisely written, dense content. So there's a whole other side to it. Whereas, you know, I think, yeah, there's the, I, I, it's an awkward time. It's an awkward mm. time and I'm, I, I'm not really sure. So what, what direction do you think you want to go now? In terms of 
Uh, Fiverr. Well, speaking of what you just said about getting accused of using AI, that did happen to me the other week when I, because I still get messages on Fiverr, but they don't turn into orders. But what happened is a person messaged me. They asked, can you give me a sample of a story? I wrote one. It was like six in the morning. So I wrote it in a couple of minutes, just a short one, sent it to them. And they were like, that was fast. And they asked, did I use ChatGPT? And I said, no, I, I'm very against using ChatGPT. They went, oh, okay. And then that was it. Nothing after that. So I think they, they feel uncomfortable spending money. They just feel like in danger of getting scammed. Maybe maybe the way is not do it so fast. Just mm. write it and then wait about five or six hours and then yeah. send it to them so that they feel like it took longer. <laughs> I suppose that's all you have to do, yeah. But but that's the scary thing, and that's the worry that I have. And I've said this a lot on the podcast, and I'll, I'll continue to say it. Because I think what's going to happen is we're going to get in this situation where somebody using, like, if you used ChatGPT, if, if you went on and said, oh, okay, actually, I want to I want to continue writing, but maybe I'll be a copywriter and I'll work for, like, a PR company or something like that, where you're working on press releases and things like that, you could write it by hand. But you could also use a tool to help you write it. So you could get a tool to summarize the topic for you and then you get in and or you can say, give me information on this company and it it can summarize the company for you and it can do some of that work and it it helps you out. What happens over time is that you become so efficient that they don't need to hire two or three extra people, right? And then yeah. eventually there aren't any of those jobs available and and that's what worries me is that I think we're not prepared for that. And it's going to be this really slow erosion of positions because like you said, like you've already lost business. The the copywriters who may have hired you as an assistant or a junior to come in and work in those places now don't need to because they have AIs as assistants. So yeah, it's, a, it's an awkward thing. Originally I thought, oh, okay. AI is not going to be able to write to the scale as a, as a proper writer, but then considering they just suddenly in like space of two months, they released the next version and the next version was better. If they kept doing, keep doing that, then you won't, some the AI is going to be better than most professional writers. That's the worry. I wonder, have you tried writing longer stories? I'm, well, I'm currently, I'm currently trying to write a story. It's a lot harder than I thought because you've got to keep track of your own narrative. And that's the problem with a longer story, um, having to go back, remember what you wrote in the last chapter. Uh, but my one is hopefully on an idea that's not been tapped into, which is like angelology, which I thought would be a cool idea. And that's going to be more on, can I make this something that an AI will struggle to comprehend and make it more? Because I do philosophy at A-level and there are some ideas I can bring in from that into the story that will be, it would be tough to teach an AI at. Yeah. Interesting. I had a uh, I had a chat with a, uh, one of the professors from Cambridge University and what they were talking about. And, I, and I'm curious if you've tried to use AI this way yourself. But what he was talking about is he said that what he's found is it's really helpful for students to self grade. So if you if you do have to write something like a, an answer to a paper or, a, you know, something educationally that instead of the professors having or the teachers having to go and grade the paper, you can write whatever it is you're going to write and then ask ChatGPT to sort of grade it for you or to suggest improvements. 
and it can help you get better. Have you ever tried using AI to, to do that yourself? I didn't think of to use it that way, but I, I think a problem with it would be because you're not reading it back, I think it would miss out just a like minor detail, which can be a problem because I mark a lot of my essays for English. And to be fair, that then could be a problem with, am I going to be biased on the day? Am I feeling generous that day? Whereas an AI will just stick to the mark scheme. So it could definitely be a better, a better way of marking and quicker. I'd be interested to see what you think if you tried it a few times and just, and again, mm. compare it because I find it's very helpful summarizing things like surveys or whatever. So sometimes through work, I need to, I need to work with a bunch sorry, there's a bit of noise in the background. I need to analyze surveys where you've got sort of, you know, 14 or 15 questions across maybe 22 responses. And it's really nice because you can just take the answers, dump them all in together and say, analyze this. And what it'll do is it'll summarize all of that into a nice, you know, succinct paragraph. And I think that, I think that it's strong at doing things like that. And that might be somewhere that we can use it in education is, is sorry, is where I'm going is, you know, students might be able to use it to help them study better because still, you still got to go in on the day and you've got to take a pen and a piece of paper and you have to write the answer. So chat GPT isn't going to help you in an exam situation where you have to go in and, and put your thoughts down. But mm -hmm. what it might be able to do for, for people maybe who aren't as strong a writer as you are, it might help them learn how to organize their thoughts better, how to put, how to organize their answers better, how to use better language and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, that I, I can see where it can be helpful, but I can also see where it, you know, it, it can be really difficult and, and you know, it, 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 it is going to have an impact on, on business. I mean, I know other copywriters that have lost business as well. So, you, you know, you weren't the only one. Mm -hmm. I was just, again, you know, quite curious to, to sort of understand what that then, how that made you feel about your prospects for the future. Yeah, it's quite, um, it's, it's like a revelation. You're like, oh, okay, my job isn't very, it's not safe. So you kind of, I suppose it's the same with all like, perhaps how factory workers once felt when then robots came into being. So maybe it's just a slow progression of people losing jobs, but men maybe more jobs becoming available, but that require more expertise. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. It's, you're absolutely right. The, the thing is, it's never, none of the revolutions in the past have ever come for the, the knowledge workers. Mm. It's always been people worked in factories and then they got, they improved the factories and then those workers didn't have to work so hard or there weren't so many of them. And so then they went into jobs working in an office but now it's coming mm. for office jobs. And that's the, that's the real challenge. So it, in your peer group at school, is there a lot of chat about this? Did, like, do, do the kids really recognize that there's something going on and that they really need to think about it? Or do people just not really have much of an idea that it's happening at all? I think for school children, it's more of a, oh, well, my people at my school, for example, they more see it as like, a, oh, I don't have to do homework anymore because it's not affected them in a way that's bad. But I think that's only because we're studying a subject rather than trying to sell what we've learned, I suppose, and like use it in a real world situation where money is a problem. And they've all got, they've all got jobs like working in cafes and 
and the jobs that are manual labor and, and yet they're the ones now making the money whereas other jobs don't so much which is it's quite weird it's like um i do though feel like the creative subjects are probably the safest because i feel you can definitely teach a ai maths better than you can teach it art for example yeah you've got you've got a point that's for sure i find that interesting because most people that i talk to think that it's the creative jobs that are actually in the that are actually mm. at the highest risk but and i think that's because they've always been the most protected because yeah. there wasn't something that could do that and i think Maybe the example is Pope in a puffer jacket, which I always use this example. So I apologize to people that have heard this a million times, but anybody who's good with Photoshop could have made the Pope in a puffer jacket already, right? Like that's, it wasn't mm. that big of a thing to actually do if you had a little bit of skill, but it was that little bit of skill that separated everybody from being able to do it to a small percentage of people. It's the same with the stories, right? Beforehand, people needed to come to you because they didn't have the ability or the capability to do it themselves. Now they feel that they do. And if you got copies of the stories that people asked for, you would probably look at it and go, man, eh, it's not very good, but mm. it's good enough for them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think you said with the like, uh, Pope and in a puffer jacket, I, it I suppose it depends how you look at creativity as a subject. Because I suppose that's photo editing, which, yeah, definitely. Now you could just select a bit of an image and say, put in a beach ball and it will just do it rather than having to put all the shading in and clip it, mask it. But then it depends. If you see creativity as like coming up with the new ideas, then I suppose it's protected for now. And that will be the job that people have to kind of yeah. work towards and inventing new ideas that then could be taught to the AI. Yeah, hundred percent. Thank you for bringing me back on track. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I was getting around to. Is is what it does is it opens up to the masses the ability to do that, right? So with the, with the stories and things like that, like people can now go and get their own story. So they feel like they've kind of made it themselves, even if it's not as good. Same with art. You know, you go to Dali or you go to you know any of the tools that are out there, Mid Journey, whatever. And people can create images. I don't know if you've ever tried it, but it generally takes uh, it takes 20 or 30 tries of prompting it to kind of get it to make something that's even really useful or usable. Mm. And so it still takes a lot of time to try and do it, but it's still faster than it, it's something that I could have never done myself otherwise. And I, I think that's why it's captured people's imagination. I don't know where that's going to end up. You know, maybe at some point, people will come back to you because they'll actually say, yeah, it did an okay job. It kind of did what I wanted it to do, but actually, you know, Alex does better stories than that. And I might just <laughs> go back and get him to do it for me. I mean, that's the ideal, right? Yeah. It could just be a case of forcing people to become better than the AI, become better than the average, because I have, I've asked AI to write a couple of stories to see what it would produce. And they all follow the same kind of plot lines. They have yep. like the three different sections with the action in the middle, the resolution in the end and the problem at the start. And I just think people are going to get used to that and they're going to be like, this isn't anything new. Why should I buy this when I could buy something that has like the action at the start, the resolution in the middle and the, and the problem at the end, which could be an interesting idea. Yeah, you're right. And I, that gets back to how the tool works. And I think a lot of people don't, 
really understand how it works because all it does is it's just a prediction model. It just predicts what word might come next and mm. in any given context. So it's just got billions of different contexts stored. And then when you ask it about something, it says, oh, well, in this situation, it's probably this order of words to, to put something together. It's not actually creating a thought. It's literally just saying what word is most likely to come next. And so because it's been trained on so many stories that follow that form, because roughly, you know, mo well, a lot of stories will follow that format if they're fiction or whatever. And then, you know, you, educational writing is different and business writing is different. Mm. And But in those contexts, you're right. It's always going to do the same thing because that's how most stories were written. And so you're absolutely mm. right. If you want to go and do something different, you know, that's where it's going to be original. One of the, I talked to a guy, a guy named Alex who runs a, a film. He works in film and he runs it like a film incubator program to help new filmmakers and stuff like that. And what he was saying is, I'm going to say it was him, was talking about the fact that you can take a book now and you can feed a book. If you want to make the book, you, like you could buy the rights to a book. You can feed it into an AI and you can say, write a screen, write a screenplay. And it will literally go through and write an entire screenplay from oh the book, God. right? Oh. And, and he said, but, and it will do a pretty good job, but it's, it, it doesn't, it, it will do the mechanics of it, but it can't add tension to a scene. For example, he said, if you ask it to add tension, then it just will say something like, oh, Tom feels tense. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, it, it doesn't have the, that ability to kind of get that emotion into the writing and into it, but it will go through the mechanics of doing the heavy lifting in like five minutes. So you can literally turn a book into a screenplay in five minutes and you've at least mm. done 80% of the work and then, but they still have to hand it over to somebody who's a person to go in and then start to fix everything and try and see it. And I don't, I, you know, I don't know if that's, if that's going to end up, being the actual workflow, but I could see in the future where anybody could take that. Like you could rewrite a book if you wanted to, or, you know, you could be in your own film or like you're going into games. That's the big thing they're talking mm. about now is all your NPC characters will be able to have like real time conversations with you. So yeah. instead of them, they'll never say the same thing twice. So you, it will be more like being in a real world because every time you bump into someone, they'll say something new. And mm. it can still just, it'll just be a conversation that has no bearing on the game, but at least it's something different instead of them just saying the same thing every single time. Yeah. I mean, speaking of which, um, on Snapchat, they, that's, they've added an AI, which you can talk to. And I think it's a weird idea that they, you can make a robot to that you can talk to and socialize with, but then. The problem is with that is you feed it ideas that you have because it asks questions about you. And if you ask it questions, it will give basic responses. And I feel like that's going to become something where you think it has the same ideas as you, it will agree with you, and it will instead just be regurgitating information. And then without uh, socializing other people, if you then went out into the real world, not really having made friends, but you've been friends with an AI for a while, it'll be difficult to kind of comprehend that other people have different ideas to you. I think that could like, I said, the erosion of jobs, it could have erosion on children's capability to socialize. Yeah, that's true. 
I think it's got a lot of other problems as well. I think it, it does some really random stuff. I've, I've seen some videos where they've showed conversations where, you know, it will, if somebody's going down, is somebody testing it? Not, not for real, but you know, it will lead them down like roots to suicide and, and cutting really? and all sorts of like crazy stuff. Yeah. Oh. Certainly in the beginning, they may have, they may have sort of tweaked it so that it doesn't do that, but people would start saying, oh yeah, I'm feeling really down and, you know, and, and it would sort of spiral because it didn't really understand what the conversation was about because it, mm. it, it's not a person and it's not intelligent. It's just putting words together. And so exactly what you said, if you start giving it that, it will start reinforcing that message. And then if you say, oh, I'm feeling this way, then it will, it, it will just encourage you down the spiral, which wasn't, you know, wasn't good at all. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, there's, there's still a lot of work we have to do on it. Going back to talking about sort of the, you know, kind of the kids in your year group, because, you know, I mentioned to you before that I have a, I have a son who's a year behind you. So he's just mm. done his GCSEs and he's getting ready to go into secondary school. And from what I've heard from him, you know, I mean, he, he talks about AI with me because I talk about it all the time, mm-hmm. but you know, the same thing. He's like, most of the kids in the class have no idea. And again, if they do, they just want to use it to do homework. They've never, yeah. they never even thought about using it to help them study, to help them, you know, do better. So maybe there's a tip that you can give to all your mates and you can say, Hey, actually yeah. don't use it to write your paper, use it to help you learn. Um, and maybe, maybe it might help them be better students and get and, and learn more in school. But yeah, interesting. So that so nobody's really worried about it, just maybe a few of you, perhaps a few. I'm trying to think now if I've had like a proper, in depth conversation because usually it's used as a joke. It's like like when it came out on Snapchat, it was quite funny to like talk to it, and and you could ask it just random questions and it would give you like sometimes quite weird answers, which would be quite yeah. funny. But then as it's kind of gone on, people just there. I think they're ignoring it for now because then obviously everyone's focused on. Uh, like currently everyone's we're in the stage where we're looking at universities we're looking at jobs in the future like going on to the next stage so we're not having the time to focus on what is going to affect the next stage aside from grades and then grades how do we get good grades well we use chat gpt so it's quite i don't know an objective approach to seeing ai develop do you think that's worrying hmm i think definitely worrying because it will become a case where people will be so reliant on it. I think we said earlier that everyone will become dependent on it. And then everyone's so used to it just being this thing that, oh, I can get away of using it for a bit of homework. When they go to try to use that to do a job that they're getting paid for and the client goes, no, this is ChatGPT, they go, oh, oh God, okay. And then all of their background is just using ChatGPT. And then they're just going to be stuck and they can't go back and do their A-levels without paying money that they won't have because they won't have a job and it will just kind of become a spiral for them. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised, maybe I'll put the thought in your head of, you know, for next year when you go back, but, you know, it might be something to raise as an issue maybe with some of the teachers in some of your classes because obviously you will be thinking about going to university, but I think it's interesting that, and probably not surprising, I guess, because it was a long time ago when I was a teenager. But I remember I, you know, I was very focused on just getting to the next step. It was, you know, I just want to get my driver's license. I just want to do this. Yeah. I just want to do that. Because, you know, you're you're just trying to 
you're trying to grow and kind of become independent and all those things. And you're just like, okay, what's the next thing I need to do? But I really do think that you should pause a little bit and maybe encourage your friends to pause a little bit and just to mm. think about if you go to uni, what are the things that you're going to study? Because you might change a little bit from what you were going to do. Just thinking about, okay, well, what if this chat GPT thing really does take off? And what if AI starts being used everywhere? What options are that going to leave me? Because you don't want to go into, I don't know, some sort of like marketing and advertising and all that sort of stuff. I think those those industries and and design and web design and a lot of software engineering type stuff, certainly the the junior jobs are going to be really, really difficult to get because mid-level and senior developers are going to be using AI to support and be able to do more work. And they're not going to hire as many junior people. So if you go in and you think, oh, okay, I'm going to go in, I'm going to get a computer science degree, I'm going to go off and make loads of money, and then you come out, and actually there are no entry-level jobs because AI is mm. doing it all with a bunch of senior people, and it's like, now what do you do with your skill set? And it, it feels, I, I'm not surprised on one hand, and I am surprised on the other, that nobody's really thought about, well, hang on, if we're using this and other people are using this, then... What does that mean we're going to do? I, I suppose that's where like um, freelance becomes quite a desirable thing. Because originally I just wanted it just so I could set my own hours, not have to mm. worry about getting fired, for example. But now it might just be a case if you're forced to do freelance to just get experience. Because as you said, if you can't get a job with just grades, then perhaps you can get a job with some minor experience from just working with a couple clients and then bringing that as additional skill sets but mm. then again it could just be the same problem where ai gets used to doing something like a bunch of inputs get into it from just doing previous jobs and it, it does the same thing it learns how to do it and technically it would have the same experience as you or do you just skip uni altogether and you pick something else and you do a <laughs> an apprenticeship somewhere instead and then that way you're not do you know what I mean? You're not putting yourself in debt when you get started straight away and you're actually going into maybe a trade or something like that. I mean, people always laugh when I say this, but you know, when I'm talking to my son, I keep saying to him, I'm like, be an electrician, like mm. literally learn a skill because I think robotics is much further behind the sort of the AI piece of it. And those Anything that's a, a fidgety manual skill that you need to have like dexterity with your hands and you need to be creative in how you think and, and problem solve. I think those sorts of things are going to be the longest lasting jobs other than any service job. So you can always be a waiter. You can always work in a restaurant, a hairdresser, or any, anything like that that you know requires some sort of physical and personal interaction. I mean, coffee shops. They're already building automated coffee shops. I was just having a chat with someone today and he said the best coffee he's ever had, he got from a fully automated coffee machine in Germany. And it's like in the side of a wall and it's just glass. And you, you, he said there was a queue of people there waiting to order from it. He said it was amazing. And it makes lattes like whatever drink you want and it can make it, but he's like the best one he's ever had. So even coffee shop jobs may eventually just get to the point where it's just going to be, you just go buy a coffee from a machine in a wall and it, it'll be just as good. Mm. So I, I think that those sorts of things are going to, those are going to be the, the longest lasting sort of things. And again, I just, I can't help but think, you know, 
plus we don't have enough electricians and we don't have enough plumbers and builders and all that sort of stuff. And I think we as a society are going to have to get to the point where we respect those jobs a little bit more because at the minute, let's be honest, a lot of times people, you know, they're like, that's a manual labor job. I don't want to do that. Mm. I'd rather sit in an office and do something else. But at, when when you don't have that opportunity to do those jobs, those desk jobs anymore, that's kind of what's left. And mm. I don't know. I don't know. I still tell my son to be an electrician. I'm like, I think that would be the safe, best thing yeah. you could do. I, I mean, it's obviously a very min, minute percent, but I can't see how AI would take over the role of like an influencer because influencers, they I can't see like A saying, can you influence people to an AI to certain ideas? I don't know. What's an example? Like a singer, for example, a singer would obviously, they go on stage. No, not a singer, a YouTuber, for example, they, them playing a game, their reactions is what people find entertaining. And I'm wondering like, can an AI do the same thing? Can it have interesting reactions? No, probably not. And again, I think in those situations that you've hit on one, that's probably a good example. Like I love a good reaction video. In fact, mm. I'm like addicted to them at the minute. I watch them <laughs> for all sorts of stuff. I, you know, I'm, my favorite ones are Ren at the minute. I don't know if you know who Ren is, but anyway, um, go check them out if you haven't, but <laughs> you're right. But what I think what's going to happen and ironically, is it's everybody's been talking about, oh, the AI is going to be able to do all this amazing social content. And it's, you know, we're just going to see more and more ads. And I think that's going to actually, it's going to eat itself eventually, which means nobody's going to trust anything that they can see because everybody's yeah. going to assume that every voice is faked. Every video is a deep fake. You can't trust what you see. So you just stop watching it. And yeah, I think that's what's going to erode trust in the influencers as well, because everybody will start to assume that the influencer is just using AI to write all their content. And so I can see a, a world where the power of the influencer becomes less and less over time because people believe them less. I think there was we've reached sort of peak influencer, although I could be wrong, but there was a point where, you know, everybody you know, influencers were doing stuff. They were doing loads of content. You know, they were saying outrageous things and taking outrageous pictures and doing all sorts of stuff. And now already, I think like, even with you, if you give an answer too quickly, they think it was AI, right? Like yeah, you can't even exactly. like do a good job and write a story really quickly because now no one believes it was you. And it's going to be the same thing with that social content. So they're just going to think, well, well, it's not the influencer. It's just, it's just an AI that's writing all that stuff. And, and maybe they'll lose a bit of their power. Whereas the reaction videos where someone's being recorded. I mean, I always go back. My son used to be a really big fan of Dan TDM and, you know, watching oh, Dan TDM play, you know, and that sort of stuff. Totally. I agree. I, I, you can't copy that, but you know, maybe that's what that'll be the next phase is it'll just turn all into reaction videos because we know that that's authentic as opposed mm. to training videos or anything else. I don't know. I do think with the whole um, deep fakes, I keep seeing on like TikTok and Instagram deep fakes, which then have under it, this is checked by a fact checker and it says it's a deep fake. So maybe then the jobs go into being the ones checking whether this is or is not an AI. But then that'll just be AI. 
Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then yeah, the heart, as you said, yeah. and nothing is real. Yeah, and then you and then you don't know, and then you get yeah. Do you know what I mean? It gets really complicated yeah. if, if you take this and extrapolate it out over ten or fifteen years. You know, I think that's where it becomes really, really weird. Is you know you get it that far down the road, and it's like, well, how far does this actually go? You know, and, mm. and what is the impact down down the road? And no one knows, and all of us will be wrong in one way or another. So either yeah. the whole world is going to come to a, a horrible end in fifty years because <laughs> AI's taken over and done everything, or it's going to make the world a magnificent place because none of us are going to have to do shitty, boring jobs anymore. Yeah. And you know, the AI can do all of the grunt work for us and you know, we can literally relax and we can focus on doing the creative things that, that we all want to do. So maybe we can all have a podcast and sit around and talk about stuff all day long because we won't need money because we'll be getting universal basic income and literally AI will do half the stuff for us. And so all we'll do is, you know, we'll go out, we'll go to eat, we'll see our friends, we'll get our hair cut and, you know, and, that, and that'll yeah. be it. And that's, that's how we'll interact with people. But uh, I'm, I'm not really sure <laughs> where it's going to fall. Mm -hmm. And um, it's going to be up to you guys to figure it out. I think, Yeah, you know, it's, I'm not too worried. I'm, I'm in my mid fifties now. I think, you know, I probably, I'll probably see a lot of it actually, because, you know, fing fingers crossed if I stay healthy and whatever, mm. I've got another probably 35, 40 years to go. So I've got a good long while to kind of see what happens on this crazy ride. But, you know, after that, who knows what'll happen. And, you know, it's up to you guys, like I said, to sort of carry that forward. So start thinking about it now. Mm. And uh, I think you're already ahead of the game though, because you've, you've already felt the sort of sharp end of it where a lot of your schoolmates haven't and a lot of kids yeah. your age haven't and all they see is the fun in it and they see the positive side and you know maybe you've got a little bit more perspective than they do so any any i guess that's a good place i'm conscious of time so mm. is that's probably a good place maybe to stop do you have any maybe wise words for i don't know for other kids that might listen to this, you know, that, that maybe you're your classmates or, or, you know, kids that are looking to go into uni or for adults that are already working in the world that you want to say to them and give them a message before, uh, before you get too far into the world yourself. God, uh, <laughs> not too big of a question to for you. <laughs> I suppose I would hope that people see AI as a, as something that supports finding a solution rather than being the solution. I think that would be, that's, that's, that's all I can think of the top of my head. Very well said. I like that. Very good. Nice one. Lovely. Well, thanks Alex. That was an Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like I mentioned to you before, I think maybe at some point in the future, we might try and I might try and pull a panel together and maybe have sort of boys and girls of different ages and maybe get sort of four together. So we have a little bit of balance and have like a panel discussion. And that way you guys can sort of bounce off each other as well. And I think that would be really interesting, particularly for the the older listeners that we have to kind of get that perspective of, of the youth and, and see what you guys think about the whole thing so that we don't screw it up too badly before you, uh, before you get there. Mm, yeah. I'd, I'd love to do another one like that. Cause I think, 
it's definitely it'd be interesting to talk with talk about it with another young person but then it not being in an environment like school where it gets turned into a joke yeah be so it's more like a serious talk but thinking about it yeah excellent okay well i'll work on that alex thank you very much it's been a great conversation and we will speak to you again soon thank you bye-bye Okay, folks, that's a wrap on another amazing episode of Creatives with AI. Thanks so much for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. If you want to stay up to date on how all things related to AI is impacting the creative industries, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever your favorite platform is. We're on them all. And follow us on social media. We're on mainly Twitter and LinkedIn, but we're the same handle everywhere, which is at Creatives with AI. We'd also really appreciate it if you could just take a minute to leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Those are our two main platforms and it really helps other listeners find the show and it also helps us get more popularity and more exposure. So it'd be amazing if you could help us with that. If you've got any questions, topic suggestions, guest recommendations, feel free to send us an email. The best email is hello at creativeswith.ai. Or you can shoot us a message on social media. Either one is fine. We love hearing from all of you and we can't wait to bring more exciting episodes in the future. And the best way we can do that is to get feedback from the audience and have the audience tell us who it is you'd like to hear from and what things you'd like us to ask and what topics you'd like us to talk about. So please use that. Let us know what you want to hear and we'll do our best to get it for you. And last but not least, we'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, Future Hand Limited, who make this podcast possible. Your support means the world to us, and we really appreciate it. So thanks very much. That's it for today. So until next time, take care, everybody, and stay curious.